Welcome everyone to No Need to Argue. This is Kobe Wittick. Glad to be here with you today. Um, it is a fine, fine time in the world. We got the NFL just about to start up. All preseason games are done and we can look forward to next week with the opening of the NFL season. We have MLB playoff races going on, which is so much fun to watch right now. Uh, playoff baseball is definitely one of the better uh, you know, playoffs in all the world of professional sports. So excited to kind of see how that plays out. We got the U.S. Open going on uh, right now for tennis, uh, which is a lot of fun. Sloane Stevens just won her match against Azarenka, 6-3, 6-4. So uh, really, really good to see her, um, you know, playing well, going to try and defend her title this year, and the Williams sisters squaring off. So we got a lot of fun stuff going on at the U.S. Open. We also have the FedEx Cup uh, going on right now, and uh, they started today with the top 100 people trying to make it into that next round of the FedEx Cup final. So it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of see how the next couple weeks play out with the NFL, baseball, uh, you know, this weekend and the rest of the FedEx Cup going on and the U.S. Open, obviously, uh, over the next week or so. So uh, fun, fun uh, episode here today. I want to try and get started off with the NFL. Um, we are very excited. I know I am. Football's definitely best time of year especially when them fall beers come out. I've been enjoying myself some Sam Adams Oktoberfest um, when I'm watching these games and trying to take in everything, and it's just such a such a good time of year to, uh, to be alive and to be well. So I hope everyone is doing good and enjoying as much as I am. Uh, NFL, you know, preseason wrapped up this week, and, you know, I know that, you know, a lot of people look at the preseason as a waste, and, you know, it, it definitely doesn't mean anything as you go into the regular season no matter how your team did you know whether it was poorly or whether it was really good I mean Baltimore went 5-0 and in the preseason so um, you know when you look at that it, it really just means more to you know all the young men who have aspirations to play in the NFL you know there's a lot of guys that come out undrafted um, you know even late round picks that are fighting for a spot on that 53-man roster even you know, hoping to get a spot on the practice squad and just keep their NFL hopes alive. Uh, but the preseason really does mean a lot to a lot of people out there. And so, you know, when you're watching these guys, I know it's, you know, a little bit different football. It's not what you're kind of used to and it's not the names that you know. But, um, you know, it is fun to kind of watch these, you know, guys that are trying to earn a spot somewhere in the NFL, try and show what they have with their abilities to go out there and play and, and fight for it. And, um, you know, I've really enjoyed kind of taking in the preseason this year and watching as many games as I can and trying to watch till the very end and see, you know, who kind of has a spark and who makes a difference and who, you know, does something for their stock in the NFL. So, um, you know, definitely keep that in mind as you're watching these preseason games and thinking it's just a waste of four weeks. You know, some people think that some people don't. It is what it is. But, you know, it definitely is cool to watch some of these guys try and live out their dreams, um, you know, in the NFL and doing what they can. So, Keep that in mind. But as we start, um, you know, we're kind of looking at the NFL today. You know, I want to go through kind of the divisions and what, what we'll be looking at. So, you know, my predictions, it, it's hard. I, I really haven't set major predictions. Um, by the end of the show, I probably will with the Super Bowl and, and all that fun stuff. But, um, you know, as we look at it, there's been a lot of change in the NFL this year. And I think it kind of makes it very interesting. You know, a lot of the you know, veteran big name players that, you know, we've come to love and know over the past, you know, say five to eight years are aging, you know, they're kind of reaching the end of their time, they're trying to get that last victory, and, uh, you know, set themselves apart from everybody else. But it's going to be interesting to see kind of who breaks out this year, who, you know, can stay clear of injuries, who can, you know, work through everything that the NFL season is going to bring over the next 17 weeks and, uh, you know, lay out a final decision for us to enjoy come Super Bowl Sunday. So, you know, obviously last year with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, it was a great story, you know, great franchise, uh, you know, long time history in that city. And I know that the fans are, you know, loyal and absolutely love their team there. And it was absolutely, you know, really, really fun to watch them win it, you know, the whole story with Carson Wentz going down and, and Foles coming in and winning it for them. I still think that, um, you know, the Eagles could have done something with Foles and, you know, really gotten a lot of value out of him at such a high stock after the Super Bowl. But, 
you know, they wanted to play it safe, which I totally understand. And, you know, Carson Wentz, you know, we'll see when he is fully ready to come back and, and take on everything that he needs to, you know, coming back from that injury, it probably is good to have a safety blanket in Foles behind you. But, you know, I think that they probably could have made some really, really big changes, not necessarily changes, but, you know, just improvements to that roster. You know, after you win the Super Bowl, you can't, you know, just sit back and think that you can take the exact same team and repeat. You know, you got to constantly be trying to improve, you know, in certain areas of your team and make sure that you are solidifying that you can stay on top of the NFL. Uh, I mean, you look at the New England Patriots and the turnover that they have there on a yearly basis and still every single year, you know, contend in the AFC, fight for the Super Bowl. They're always, you know, towards the top of the playoff picture. And it just kind of shows that, you know, Bill Belichick, the mastermind that he is, you know, never takes anything for granted and understands that every year other teams are going to make moves to get better. So you have to do the same, um, you know, and look at it from a different perspective than, you know, we just won the Super Bowl. We have a really good team. Let's keep this thing together and, you know, move on to the next year. It's just very hard to do. Obviously, when you have a guy like Tom Brady, you know, every single year, everyone says, you know, he's going to fall off the cliff. You know, this is the year. It's going to be the time. Like, Father Time's finally going to catch up to him. And yet, every single year, he is, you know, defying the odds of, you know, what a quarterback is able to do at his age in the NFL. And for such a long time that he's been able to stay on top of his game, it truly is remarkable. Uh, I can't stand the Patriots or Tom Brady for that instance, but I definitely do recognize and you know appreciate the greatness that they've been able to build over there in New England now being a Bronco fan obviously there's a little bit of bias in there so take it or leave it but you know that's that's what it is so let's let's go ahead and start in the AFC East this year with the New England Patriots obviously you know Buffalo Buffalo's had some turnover they drafted <clears throat> they drafted Josh Allen in the first round so we'll see you know, how that all plays out, what he's able to do, you know, the team is not the best around him, but, you know, they might be able to find a little little spark, a little fire, uh, you know, behind him and, you know, some of his leadership skills that he has. The Miami Dolphins is totally up in the air for me. I really have no idea what those guys are going to be doing this year. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how everything plays out with them down there. And, you know, some of the moves that they've made, obviously they lost Jarvis Landry, they're getting Tannehill back, you know, it's going to be, you know, kind of a weird year to watch Miami and see, you know, how they do um, over the past couple of years. Obviously the Jay Cutler experiment wasn't the best for them last year, but, you know, they did win some good games and they uh, definitely pummeled my Broncos last year. So, uh, you know, that was some good revenge for Cutler on that one. And, you know, the Jets, you know, I think Sam Darnold has looked really, really good in the preseason. You know, obviously he's showing why he was, you know, one of the top quarterbacks that, you know, needed to be picked and, and why he went so high. Um, and the Jets last year, I mean, behind McCown, they really did some special things. It was fun to watch them and, and just see how, you know, the offense performed and they got some, you know, young, talented receivers. Uh, they got some quick guys. They got, you know, a few people that I think can, you know, do some good things up there. Uh, but obviously I think, you know, easy prediction here you know I think New England's coming out of the east uh, I don't think any of those teams are going to make the playoffs in the wild card stance uh, it would be really really tough and a surprise if those three you know did anything um, but you know like I said if if the Buffalo can find you know a seven and nine six and ten eight and eight season I would say that that's a huge success you know Miami kind of in the same sense the Jets in the same sense I mean they all got you know, kind of, you know, new pieces, you know, obviously the Bills and Jets have really, really, you know, young pieces and they got some star young quarterbacks in there. Um, you know, so if they can, you know, win more than five, six, you know, maybe even seven games, I would say that anybody would chalk that up as a success. Uh, AFC North, obviously, you know, as I said, Baltimore went five and zero in the preseason, you know, what does that mean? You know, who knows is Joe Flacco back to his, you know, old self and going to be slinging the rock. The hard part about, you know, Baltimore is I think they've done a good job with their defense, but offensively it's just hard to find, you know, who Flacco's options are going to be. Is he going to have enough threat and enough weapons on the outside to, you know, do something in the AFC North this year? It's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, they've looked good in the preseason. They got some good young talent that's, you know, coming up. And obviously, you know, they have the backup quarterback, you know, thing going on with, uh, you know, RG3 and, 
and Lamar Jackson. So, you know, we'll we'll see how that all plays out. I think Jackson is a huge talent. I think he can really do some good things for them. I think they're going to have some packages for him in the offense to, you know, kind of throw people off and try and use him in different ways this year. But it will be interesting to see, you know, how they how they do. Obviously, you know, in that division, you know, Cincinnati has not looked very good. You know, Andy Dalton came out of college playing, you know, really good, had a really good team around him. That defense was stellar, and they made a lot of noise making the playoffs for a couple years in a row. Um, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them too. I mean, you still got, you know, studs on that defense. You got studs on the offense. We'll see if Andy Dalton can put it together. Um, and then you have the Browns. I mean, the Browns, you know, like I said, they – Every single year, you know, everyone just kind of predicts them to be at the bottom. You know, they've made a lot of moves. I think that they did some good things in the draft this year. I think that they're, you know, really trying to build this team for the future. They have some young talent. They got some people that, you know, can do some good things, you know, on that defense and offensively. They're trying to improve where they can. I think the Browns are going to be a surprise this year. I really do. I think. You know, there's a lot of hype around them with, you know, hard knocks and all those, you know, things that go on with hard knocks and the HBO specials and seeing kind of the inside of, you know, the stories on the players and everything that goes on. But, you know, in my eyes, I think Cleveland has made the right moves over the past couple of years. I think they have some good pieces in place. And I think it's all going to be up to this team really learning what it takes to win and how to sustain that because you know when you have seasons like they've had with one win or two wins or no wins you know it it just kind of kills the demeanor of the team it kills the drive of the team and they don't really know how to win yet so you know if they're able to win you know one or two or three games maybe two in a row or three in a row you know how are they going to handle that as well are they going to stay grounded are they going to keep fighting are they going to keep battling or are they going to chalk that up as you know hey we're on our way you know we've corrected this ship we're going to you know, do this thing and maybe get ahead of themselves. So, you know, I think Cleveland this year, I would predict them somewhere around six to seven wins, maybe eight wins. I think that they could really kind of turn this season around. We'll see what Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor situation brings. I think Tyrod's a good vet leader that can, you know, kind of drive these young guys into the right direction. And, you know, with Baker Mayfield, obviously, you know, he's a fiery guy. He's one that, you know, wants to get out there. He's He loves to compete. He wants to, you know, battle. He constantly wants, you know, more. But, you know, is he going to be able to, you know, if he takes the reins over at some point this season, you know, relax enough and find himself able to, you know, manage that offense and make the plays that he needs to and not make the crazy mistakes because he's, you know, thinking he has to make a spectacular player. He has to do something over his head to, you know, win a game or to do something spectacular. I think, you know, Baker Mayfield is a really good talent. I think that he has the right drive and fire to lead a team in the right direction and to be a good leader of a team as a quarterback. But he needs to also realize that when you step into that role, everyone's relying on you. So you can't just be a gunslinger. You got to be smart. You got to be able to handle certain things. He needs to be able to throw it away when something's not there and not, you know, force something to think that, you know, he needs to do something extra over the top to make a difference on this team. The defense has shown in the preseason, and like I said, I know it's the preseason, but the defense has shown that they're they're pretty good. You know, this defense they've been building I think is going to compete very well in the NFL this year. And I think that they're going to keep games a little closer for the Cleveland Browns than maybe they've seen in the past. So when it comes to Tyrod Taylor or when it comes to Baker Mayfield stepping in, you know, don't do anything too crazy thinking that you have to make these spectacular plays to get a victory. Know that your defense is going to be competitive this year. Keep things where they need to be. Make the plays when they're there. But don't force anything. You know, Baker Mayfield, he's he's an athlete. He's quick. He wants to do things. That's awesome. Make sure that you're sliding. Make sure you're getting out of bounds when you need to. Make sure you're throwing that ball away and not forcing it into double coverage or trying to throw a crazy, you know, one-legged fading back deep ball to, you know, try and make that spectacular play. Those things will come. Take it as it comes. Learn your ways. Get your team believing in each other. And knowing that those victories can come as you play, as you progress, and as you learn 
as a team. And I think that's a key for Cleveland this year is that they're obviously, I think, you know, in my prediction, they're going to be a lot better than 0-16 this year. They have good pieces in place. They're going to win games this year. So don't write them off completely, but it's all going to pertain to how does this team handle success and how do they continue driving success. Uh, you know, with Pittsburgh there, obviously they got all the big names that you could possibly want on the offensive end. You know, defensively, you know, we'll have to see kind of how they come out and perform this year. Uh, you know, last year they had some injuries, they had some things take place. And, you know, I think the hard part for me is, you know, Big Ben, you know, what does he have left? You know, what is he going to be able to, you know, produce this year? Is Le'Veon Bell going to come back and need a couple weeks, you know, after sitting out all of, you know, the preseason and camp and everything else? You know, how long is it going to take for him to get back into football shape? Obviously, he's a stud of an athlete and he, you know, is an incredible running back. So it probably won't take him too long. But, you know, it's also going to be how's this offense going to look? You know, with Le'Veon Bell and Juju Schuster and and Brown and all these pieces that they have, are they going to be able to continue to just fire it around and, you know, throw up 350 yards passing every game and, and Brown just keeps destroying people? How are defenses going to play against them? Have the defenses figured them out maybe a little bit in the NFL? It's going to be interesting to see Pittsburgh this year. I, I don't think Pittsburgh is the dominant force that everyone does. I, I think that their window was about two years ago. And, you know, with some of the injuries and, you know, things that have happened, they've kind of lost that window. But I, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't see Big Ben, you know, coming into this year being his old self, slinging it all over the place and being able to survive, you know, everything that's going to be coming at him as he ages. So w- this, this division, I think, will be very interesting. A lot of people have Pittsburgh just totally running away with it, you know, maybe with Baltimore getting a wild card spot. Uh, I just... You know, it's going to be interesting to me. I I think Pittsburgh is still the favorite in this division. I think they're still the best team just given who they have on the offensive end and they can go out and score with anybody any given day. But, you know, how's the defense going to look? What is that offensive production going to be like on a week-to-week basis? You know, what's Le'Veon Bell's status and update of what he's going to do when he's going to come back? You know, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, every year they have weapons. they got a great coach. They're going to be ready to play. Uh, you know, but how is that going to, you know, withstand the season? So, you now I think Pittsburgh does win this division, but I don't think it's overwhelming. You know, maybe a, you know, nine and seven, 10 and six season. You know, Baltimore may be there on their heels. You know, I think Cleveland will not finish last. I have Cincinnati finishing last in this division. I think Cleveland will make a stand and finish second or third in this division and have a good year. So we will, we'll see what happens with that one. Uh, on the AFC South side, you know, Houston, Indy, Jacksonville, Tennessee, obviously Jacksonville has a stellar defense. They have amazing weapons on the offensive end. And, you know, they just fell short last year. We'll see if Bortles can, you know, step up. They didn't make a change. You know, they decided to stick with Bortles. You know, is he the answer? Is he going to be, you know, a field general that can take this team over the top? You know, we're going to find out. But they've invested a lot in free agency and in the draft to make their window, you know, right here and now over the next year, two, maybe three years you know, with some of the veterans they have aging on the defensive end. But, you know, this is going to be interesting because if Houston, you know, some of the sparks that they made last year and Deshaun Watson, the way he came out of the gate playing just so great and so much fun and putting up stats and putting up numbers and winning games, you know, with him being healthy this year, how does he come back from his injury? You know, obviously they have really good defense, you know, there in Houston. They got some offensive weapons and, you know, I I think that if Deshaun Watson can stay healthy and he's a glimpse of what he was last year, Houston can really challenge Jacksonville in this division this year, especially with, you know, the play of Bortles as we've seen over the past couple of years. I mean, until he, you know, proves something different, I'm going to continue to put him in the exact same category he's been in for how many years now. And that's inconsistent and not a true just leader you know it you don't look at Blake Bortles and see guys you know playing harder for him or wanting to play harder for him so you know you kind of see that in Deshaun Watson he brings some fire he brings some tenacity and I think that you know that could drive Houston you know above Jacksonville just from that stance alone so it'll, it'll be interesting to see you know how this division plays out obviously Indy with Andrew Luck coming back we'll see what he looks like throughout the year if he can make it throughout the year um you know I think that you know, they could they could definitely, you know, 
have a good team if Andrew Luck is his old self. But, you know, defensively, how are they going to look? You know, it's going to be kind of interesting. Tennessee Titans, obviously, they got, you know, Mike Vabrell is the new head coach. Marcus Mariota, you know, going into, you know, his fourth fourth year now, I think. And, you know, Tennessee is one that they have some really good pieces in place. It's just putting it all together. And I think Mike Vrabel is going to be able to do that. I just don't know how quickly it's going to take place. You know, it may be a two, three, maybe four-year process for Mike Vrabel to really bring this team along how he wants to and have them where he needs them to be. But in this division with Houston and Jacksonville, the way, you know, their teams are construction and the way they played last year and two years ago and what they kind of have building now at their, you know, peak or reaching their peak, you know, I just don't think anybody's going to contend. I think Houston and Jacksonville both make the playoffs this year. One will win, one will be a wild card. And I think that whoever's in the wild card will be a very high, uh, you know, wild card with their record. So, um, you know, it's going to be fun to watch, you know, this division kind of play out with Houston and Jacksonville and the teams that they have in place. And I'm really excited about Deshaun Watson. I hope that he comes back firing on all cylinders like he did last year. And, uh, you know, we can really, really enjoy watching those guys play again. Now the AFC West, my division with my Denver Broncos. This is one, you know, I've seen a lot of people predict Los Angeles Chargers as being, you know, kind of the the team to win this division. You know, a lot of people with Kansas City and, you know, Pat Mahomes coming in, taking over the reins with Alex Smith leaving. You know, they're really unsure exactly where they're going to stand you know, if Pat Mahomes slings the rock like he did last year in the last game against the Broncos, you know, I think they're going to be okay. They still have a lot of weapons on that offense. You know, they have a little bit of an aging defense, but they definitely have some guys that can play that have made plays. And I think under Andy Reid, you know, you know that this team's always going to be ready to come uh, to play and to win games. You know, this is a team that definitely comes in expecting to win games uh, with the success that they've had over the past couple years. We'll see if, you know, the departure of Alex Smith is going to make that big of a difference here. You know, we'll really see what his impact was, but they definitely have the offensive players and, you know, guys that can really help Pat Mahomes out as he comes into the league and takes, takes the reins of this team over Oakland. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, with Oakland. You know, you got the Cleo Max situation going on. Now there's talk of trades and where is he going to go and what are they going to get for him? And, you know, I heard that they're asking two first round picks for him. And so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how everything, you know, kind of comes through in Oakland, you know, with the new head coach, you know, you still got, you know, Derek Carr there, you know, what's going to, you know, happen with that offense? Is it going to be better having Gruden there now? Is he going to be able to kind of take, you know, Derek Carr back to, you know, his, his heyday, you know, two years ago, two, three years ago when he was just slinging it and, you know, everyone was making plays and doing good things. You know, they've brought in some key offensive players, some good defensive players to help. But, you know, without Khalil Mack, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what that defense looks like because he really was, you know, a Vaughn Miller type of guy that could just take over a game at his position, which was, you know, a lot of fun to watch Von Miller do so and Khalil Mack kind of came in and just, you know, took the reins of that and said, you know, I can do the same thing here in Oakland. Uh, you know, we'll be Las Vegas here, you know, in a year or two, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Los Angeles, you know, the Chargers is always such a up in the air team coming into every season. Because they have, you know, the potential Hall of Fame quarterback in Phillips. You know, they have a defense now that is truly, truly uh, a powerhouse defense in the NFL with their pass rushers, you know, their defensive backs, you know, it's just, it's interesting to see because, you know, with Phillips, it's like you never know the guys that he's throwing the ball to. The receivers, you know, they've kind of been and gone and come back and they've kind of been silent figures in this Chargers offense, but yet Phillip Rivers seems to put up you know, his stats every single year, no matter what. And I think, you know, Hunter Henry being at tight end is a, is definitely a stud. Uh, you know, he'll be coming back from injury, so we'll see how he recovers. But he was a, you know, huge, huge target to Phillips. And we know how much he loves his tight ends, uh, you know, in the past and how he's played it. So, you know, the Chargers, I think, will definitely be good. But, you know, the AFC West is going to be an interesting division this year because there's a lot of new pieces on all these teams. And, 
you know, it's really going to be who can put it all together and find a way to fight themselves out of this division. I feel, I still think it's going to be a competitive division. You know, the Broncos, you know, what else can I say? I don't really know what to say about my Broncos. I, I'm hoping that Case Keenum was the right move. You know, I know that I said, you know, previously when it was the Case Keenum sweepstakes and it was the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes that, you know, I, I didn't want either of them because I thought you were kind of overpaying for both of them and what they've done. And it's just kind of, you know, the way the NFL gets with, you know, quarterback hungry GMs and teams, uh, you know, because that's what everyone feels you have to have to win a Super Bowl. And, you know, it is case in point that way. But, you know, it's finding the right guy for your system and your team that's going to make the biggest difference. I think Case has come in. He's been a total professional. He's been a good leader. He's definitely made some quick, quick connections with Emmanuel Sanders, with, you know, Hireman, our tight end. You know, we'll see what Jake Butt, you know, can do. But Hireman is the starter, you know, going forward. And, you know, with the Broncos, you know, running back position looks pretty well. I mean, gosh, Philip Lindsay out of CU is just, you know, a stud. He's making plays, you know, on the special teams, in the passing game, in the running game. And, you know, with Royce Freeman coming in, you know, I, he better be the starter over Booker. I'll just tell you that right now. He better be because he can take it. He's definitely an every down back. You got Philip Lindsay there that can make plays, and Booker just has not been impressive over the past, you know, year or two. This preseason, he hasn't looked too good. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Broncos. I think, you know, Bradley Chubb, you know, coming in as our draft pick with Vaughn Miller and the defense that we've put together, I think that they're still going to be very, very competitive. They'll still be a top five defense in the NFL. It's all going to be you know, what the offense can produce and will it be better than last year. But you can definitely tell there's a lot of fire in the Denver Broncos team this year, knowing that they have a good quarterback with a track record, you know, of making it to the NFC Championship last year. They've seen how he played, you know, last year and how he's been this year in camp and the preseason. It's going to take a little while for these guys to get some chemistry and come together. But I think that it could you know, play out well for the Broncos. I, I'm not going to make any major predictions. Obviously, I'm going to be rooting for my Broncos every single week, hoping that they win every single game this year. But I understand that there's going to be, you know, a few hiccups here and there, and we'll see how Vance Joseph handles everything, you know, at the helm. But, uh, you know, with the Broncos, if, if we can have an 8-8, eight 9-7 and, eight, nine and seven season, I think that that's going to be very successful this year. If we can eke into the playoffs, it would be absolutely awesome. Given everything, you know, I, I still have to think that Kansas City has a very good chance of winning this division. You know, with Andy Reid there and what he's been building, I think that they're still going to be very good. And you can't really count Andy Reid out. I mean, he, he does things, you know, a little bit differently, but it always seems to, you know, be successful in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, kind of like Bill Belichick. No one understands what he's doing, but he always seems to be at the top. So uh, this division... You know, I just don't see it in Los Angeles. I know that they're going to be good and they're going to have some big wins, but gosh, the way they were losing games last year and how close it was and, you know, little things here and there, are they going to be able to completely correct that? You know, is it going to be the same old Los Angeles Chargers where they, you know, start out the season a little shaky? You know, they might be 500 come week eight or nine, you know, week 10. And then next thing you know, they go on this, you know, ginormous run at the end of the season and win four or five straight. You know, who knows? It's really hard to say, you know, with the Chargers and where they're going to be. But, you know, I think if they stay healthy, that defense is going to be stellar, you know. Philip Rivers is going to be making plays like he always does, and he's going to be giving his team a chance. But, you know, it's just, you know, the aura of the Chargers. They just, you know, never seem to have what it takes and, you know, at the end to make it all come together and work. So, you know, I, I think, you know, given this year, I would say all four of these teams are going to be fighting to win the division at the end of the year. I really do. It's not going to be anything stellar. I don't think any of these teams are going to win more than probably 11, 12 games. You know, 12 would be a real stretch for probably any of these teams, especially, you know, playing each of these teams two times and how tough it's going to be and, you know, how it is when we go to each other's, you know, stadiums and, and play away games and even home games. You know, there's a lot of a lot of times in this division where home games mean absolutely nothing. So, uh, you know, my prediction here, uh, I'm going to stick with Kansas City, um, you know, to take it in the end. 
but I think it's going to be very, very tight within maybe a game or two of each other towards the end uh, in the AFC West. Moving on to the NFC. Let's see here. NFC East. Let's start out there. Um, In the East, we got the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, and Redskins. Obviously, the Eagles are defending champions. I think they still have a really good team. We're going to have to see how that quarterback position plays out, you know, with Foles and Wentz and when will Wentz take over. When will Wentz take over? Goodness, that was a lot of W's in there, but... um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting. You know, Dallas. You know, who knows what's gonna go on with those guys this year? They've had you know some turnovers. You know, Jason Witten retired. You know, what's that offense gonna look like? What's the defense gonna look like? Are they gonna be able to stay healthy? You know, obviously they still have a really good offensive line there in place. Um, you know, but what's Dak Prescott gonna do? You know, is he gonna be the stellar stud that he was two years ago, or is he gonna? you know, have a little step back like he did last year. Obviously, very different offense last year, what he was looking at, um, you know, when Ezekiel Elliott was out for his suspension and everything else. But, you know, I think that they're still going to be a good team. You know, same thing as the Chargers, though. The Cowboys, you know, over the last 10, you know, 15 years, it's like, yeah, it's the Cowboys. They make noise and they do, you know, things. But it's like, have they really been able to take that step forward to make a push in the NFC with you know some of the teams that are really stepping up in the NFC, we'll we'll see. Uh, the Giants, obviously, they still have Eli. They've made some good moves in the offseason. You know, offensive line has been addressed. Defense, they've tried to address. It's going to be interesting with New York because it's going to. I think it's really going to, you know, come down to how does how does Saquon Barkley, you know, make his mark on this team. What kind of difference maker is he? What kind of difference maker do the coaches allow him to be or give him opportunities to be? Because I think he's an absolute stud. I think he's going to do really well this year. He's definitely going to be fighting for rookie offensive player of the year. Uh, you know, but what do they do with him and what's his role going to be on this team to truly, you know, try and do what they brought him in to do? Philadelphia, obviously great team, great defense. You know, what they put together last year was a very, you know, storied season, but you know, are they going to be able to repeat it? Is Carson Wentz going to be able to come in with the same fire and tenacity that he's had in the past, making plays, staying healthy, and be able to, you know, drive this team forward? It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. The Redskins, you know, with Alex Smith there, obviously I think it helps, you know, because they they didn't, you know, lose Cousins and then bring in a nobody or try and move up in the draft for a young kid. You know, they brought in a guy that they – you know, have seen a proven track record with who can handle a team, who can lead a team, who can be productive in the, you know, quarterback position. But, you know, do they really have the team around him to, you know, make a push? You know, injuries on that team have always been, you know, there year over year. What's the defense going to look like? Ah, gosh, I just don't know. I mean, you got Norman back there. You got some players. Uh, you know, is Reed going to be able to stay healthy at the tight end position? What's their receiving core going to look like? It's going to be a tough year, I think, for Washington and Alex Smith. Uh, but hey, he got paid all that money, so you know, whatever. Uh, I think you know this year I got you know Philly definitely coming out of this division with Dallas and New York fighting for a a wild card playoff spot with some of the other teams in the NFL. You know, we'll we'll see what plays out here, but I think the Eagles will definitely have at least a ten and six, eleven and five season somewhere in there if everyone can stay healthy. And you know, I think Dallas and New York. Eight and eight, nine and seven, somewhere in there, fighting for a wild card spot in the NFC North. You know, Bears, Lions, Packers, Vikings. I think the Vikings are. I mean, they are built to make it this year and make a push. They have everything that they need. They brought in Kirk Cousins, replaced Case Keenum, and every quarterback that they had last year on the roster. Uh, you know, is Kirk Cousins going to be the difference? It's going to be interesting to see. I tell you what, in that first preseason game against Denver, he was definitely the difference. I mean, he torched Denver. Uh, you know, the starting defense didn't, you know, have much of an answer for digs. I mean, they just had an instant connection and they're killing it. Thielen is an absolute stud. He's a possession receiver. He's going to catch everything and anything that comes near him. Uh, you know, and I think that defense is just really, really good. I think they're definitely going to be a top one or two defense this year. If they can stay healthy, you know, I think Minnesota is going to be, you know, pushing all the way this year and maybe getting over that hump that they couldn't last year. Uh, you know, Green Bay Packers, obviously, you know, with who they have at quarterback, uh, you know, in, in Aaron Rodgers, they always have a chance. Uh, 
you know, the defense is kind of up in the air. The offense, you know, he lost his man, Jordy Nelson. How much of an impact is that going to have on him? But Devontae Adams was, you know, kind of his new new go-to last year. You know, how is that going to continue to play? What are they going to do at the running back position? Um, you know, they kind of had a lot of people, you know, taking on that responsibility last year and kind of moving different guys in and out. And they had receivers playing the position last year, for goodness sake. So, uh, you know, I think that they're going to definitely compete, you know, for a wild card spot this year and push the Vikings a little bit. But I just don't see the Vikings not winning this division. You know, the Bears and Lions, I think the Lions under, you know, the new head coach and they have some pieces, but I don't see them doing anything this year. And the Bears, obviously, you know, still very young, new head coach coming into a lot of different things. I think Trubisky is a true talent, and I think that he will be very good in this league down the road, uh, you know, if they're able to get some good pieces around him and, you know, put a team around him. But I don't see anything happening this year. You know, I predict those two less than 500, uh, you know, this year. So we'll we'll see how the Vikings and, and the Packers end up doing. NFC South, Falcons, Panthers, Saints, and Buccaneers. Obviously, the Saints are, you know, big, big favorites. I mean, Kamara coming, you know, out of nowhere last year, making plays, you know, he was a fantasy god last year for everybody, and whoever got him on waivers first was super happy that they, you know, were on the waiver line a lot higher than other people because I think everybody in America was trying to get their hands on him after about week one or two. But, uh, you know, Drew Brees, I mean, he's just, what do you say about him? I mean, he's, you know, short and doesn't run very well and he's all the things that people don't look for in a quarterback and yet every single year he's putting up hall of fame numbers and and keeping his team in contention I think the moves they made on defense last year obviously paid dividends and you know made a huge difference and you know if it wasn't for an amazing play by Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs they would have been you know battling it out to go to the Super Bowl against the Eagles last year so I definitely think the Saints are are made for a run Atlanta you know I don't know about Atlanta you know they're in the Super Bowl 2 years ago last year kind of looked a little you know iffy they definitely still have some studs on the offensive end they got some good players defensively i mean it's just going to be if these guys can get over that you know super bowl hangover and put it together again they got they have all the talent that they need but they're you know in a tough division with carolina and new orleans so it's going to be you know what do these guys really want their season to look like and are they going to put it all together carolina panthers i think they're definitely on the up and up and they're going to be rebounding this year more than anything from their 2015 super bowl hangover you know, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be a standout. I really love this guy, and I have a little bias towards him because of his father, Ed McCaffrey, and his time in Denver and what he was able to do for the Broncos. But I think Christian McCaffrey is is an absolute stud. I think that he can do everything that you need and want from a running back position. And I really, really hope more than anything that you know he can you know help this team really get over the hump you know, correct some of the things that they did last year. And, you know, Cam Newton will kind of, I think, settle in and become his old self and make plays. And I think he has some good weapons around him now and people that he can rely on, uh, you know, to throw the ball to and to get things done. You know, the defense is still still very good. Uh, you know, I don't think it's a, you know, top tier necessarily anymore, but I think they're going to stay competitive. And, you know, with the offensive weapons and things that they have there, I think that they're going to do very well. This is going to be one of the toughest divisions. I didn't even mention Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they got some big name guys out there and everyone's going after a lot of their, you know, players in fantasy and everything else. I'm I, I'm not sold until you show me something that proves me otherwise. Uh, you're probably just going to stick at the bottom of this division and probably at the bottom of the NFC. Uh, you know, it was nothing special last year. They had the hard knocks out there and everyone was really excited and they were making plays at practice and everyone was seeing all these players and yet they come out and there's nothing there when the regular season started. So, you know, I think that they have some weapons. They got some dudes that can definitely play the game, but you know, they really haven't been able to put it together yet. So I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be much of a problem for any of these teams. But, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, in the NFC, in all honesty, you could see, you know, all three of those teams, Atlanta, Carolina, and New Orleans, make the playoffs. I mean, you really, really could with, with the way that, you know, their teams are built and, and the rest of the NFC, you know, the way it is. It, it could be very interesting to see all three of those teams make the playoffs. Um, we'll finish here with the NFC West. Obviously you got 
Arizona, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Seattle. I think Los Angeles has made all the right moves. They have all the talent and personnel that you could probably ask for on a roster altogether. And you got Wade Phillips leading that defensive uh, you know, stride. Uh, I think these guys run away with this division handedly. I think if they stay healthy, this team could finish with a 13 and 3, 12 and 4 record at the top of the NFC and have the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. You know, it's going to be, you know, can Jared Goff repeat what he was able to find last year under this system? You know, with the weapons that they kind of found and uncovered on that offensive end. Obviously, you still have Todd Gurley and that defense. I mean, they just they brought in everybody they possibly could. They have a lot of good drafts. You know, they finalized their deal with you know Aaron Donald, and so it's like, hey, you know, we're we're in our window. You know, over the next two three years, this team has the opportunity to truly you know, rebuild its brand back in Los Angeles and compete for the Super Bowl in the NFC over the next two to three years. They they are my favorite in the NFC. I just think, you know, if they're able to put it all together, this team can definitely handle anything that they need to in the NFC uh, when playoff time comes. Uh, I just think that they're built that way. Arizona, I think they have some really good, you know, young talent and people that are coming in, but I don't see them making any noise this year. San Francisco, obviously, you know, big story last year. You got Garoppolo, you know, in there. You got Mike, I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan. I always think Mike Shanahan from the Bronco days, but you have his son, Kyle Shanahan, and then you got John Lynch, uh, you know, at the GM position. So they definitely are going to do some good things. I think it's still before their time, uh, you know, to really make some noise, but I think they're definitely rebuilding that San Francisco 49ers brand. And, uh, you know, they're definitely going to be a threat down the next, uh, you know, four, five, six years. Seattle is is interesting. You know, they've kind of depleted that that defense that, you know, won them a Super Bowl and made them so competitive for so long. You know, Russell Wilson has really taken over this team as his team. It's no longer a run first team. It's kind of put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands and let him do what he needs to do. And most of the time he makes the plays. But I just... You know, Jimmy Graham, I thought, was a great player for them. It took him a couple years to figure out how to make him and Russell Wilson work together, and they finally did last year, and then they let him go, uh, you know, to Green Bay and, and everything that's happened there. So I just don't see Seattle, I don't know. You know, the Broncos play them week one, and, you know, it's going to be a fun game, but I just don't see Seattle, you know, holding that aura that they've had over the last couple of years over the rest of the NFL or the NFC, um, especially in this division. I think Los Angeles has ran away with the moves they've made and the talent that they have, that this is now their division. They are going to own this division and they're going to show everyone why, you know, this year. So I think Los Angeles definitely, you know, runs away with this one handedly with a really good season. I'm predicting at least a number one, possibly number two seed in the NFC and everyone's going to run through Los Angeles this year in the NFC. So uh, those are definitely my predictions, uh, you know, going through kind of each division as we will. Um, I'm excited for the you know, the start of the season next week, man. I mean, there's nothing better than, you know, football season kicking off. We got college this weekend. We got NFL next weekend. And, you know, it's all coming together. Not not much more you can ask for if you have, uh, if you have good health. So, um Moving on now, I definitely wanted to, you know, touch base again on the MLB playoff race. Okay, MLB playoff race. Can the Rockies get this thing together? Goodness. I don't know if any of you watched the game last night. It really was a fun game to watch, but it was hard to watch as a Rockies fan. They go into San Diego. Great starting pitching on both ends. Rockies didn't have a they, San Diego pulled their starter in the was it fifth or sixth inning pitching a no hitter. The Rockies had no hits, no hits. But because of all the walks and the hit by pitch and all the errors that took place, we were able to score runs. Like it was unbelievable that the Rockies couldn't get a single hit on the starter, and then they pull the starter. And then the Rockies are able to kind of run it up on one of the relievers and make some noise and, you know, tie it up. And next thing you know, it just falters from there. And Marquez, gosh, he did such an amazing job last night on the mound. I mean, it was just, it was tremendous to watch this guy pitch and what he was able to do on the mound against, 
San Diego. I mean, I know San Diego isn't the, you know, best team in the world, but, you know, for him to have the night that he had when the Rockies really needed it, I mean, they're going into a four-game stretch starting last night against the San Diego Padres, San Diego Padres at the bottom of our division, needing wins to stay at the top of the division. And they falter like they do with the pitching performance that was put in place by Marquez. I mean, it was unbelievable. The guy had 13 strikeouts, one walk, two hits, two earned runs in eight innings. I mean, and he's not even our ace. And he walked out there and had 13 strikeouts in San Diego in another team's ballpark. It's unreal. The Rockies were benefiting from walks, hit by pitches. San Diego had four airs defensively. And we couldn't find a way to get a couple hits and get guys in. We couldn't find a way to get a hit off of those guys. I mean, it was unbelievable to see how the Rockies have been playing and every part of the lineup coming through the way that they have been. And Lauer just, I mean, dealt it to us. Absolutely dealt it to us. Lauer pitched five innings, had no hits, no earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts. No hits. The guy had a no-hitter through five innings, and they pulled him. He was walking too many. He was too many errors behind him. I mean, without the errors, this guy was probably pitching for a no-hitter into the 6th, 7th, maybe even 8th inning last night. And we would have been shut out at that point still because the Rockies could not find a hit. I mean, Charlie Blackman, 0 for 6. DJ LeMahieu, 0 for 6. Nolan Arenado, 0 for 5 with a walk. I mean, it was just unbelievable. You know, Gerardo Pera came in for Matt Holiday, 0 for 3. Ian Desmond, 0 for 6, but reached on a, you know, air that gave him an RBI that night. Tony Walters, 0 for 4. I, I mean, it's just, where did the bats go, guys? We got to find a way to drive some offense when our starting pitchers are coming in and only giving up one, two, three runs, that should not be enough to win the game. We should be winning games if we're only giving up that many runs. Especially when we're at home in mile high. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's so frustrating to see the setbacks that we have after coming off of big games or big series. You know, we played the Angels on a two-game stint, lost 10-7. to You know, just kind of, that one got away from us. They were hitting everything. You know, we scored all of our runs in like one inning. And then we come back and we beat the Angels 3-2. Great win. Great win on the road. You know, let's head down south to San Diego. Take care of business for four games. This team has no business playing with us. And we can't get a hit from half of our lineup. We couldn't even get on base with half of our lineup. And that was one we needed. We needed that first win. Now we got three more with them. Then we come home and we have the Giants for three. We got the Dodgers for three. We got the Diamondbacks for four. Then we go back to California and play the Giants on a three-game stint. We go down south to L.A., play the Dodgers for a three-game stint. And then we head back a little bit east to Arizona for another three-game stint before we close out the season with the Phillies and the Nationals. 22 games over the next three and a half weeks, all in our division. And half are against the two teams that we're battling to try and make it out of this division. There's only going to be one team coming out of the NL West. I mean, the way the Central's playing right now, I don't think we're going to get a wild card team. And the Rockies need to step up and realize that this is their time. They're in their window. 
They can't keep waiting for the next year and the next year and the next year. I know our pitchers are going to mature and they're going to hopefully get better and that they're still young and we have a young core of pitchers. But gosh, guys, like take advantage of the opportunity here. Over the next three weeks, your season will be determined. All divisional games, half at home, half away. Like, let's make this thing happen, guys. It's just, oh, it's so frustrating. I watch these guys, and it's so much fun to watch when they're clicking. And then you see them come out like last night where they can't get a hit, and the only action that they had on the bases was from walks and hit batters. Like, come on. Dig deep and find something here. This is not the time to go into lulls. This is not the time to have problems hitting the ball, getting base hits, getting on base. The best teams that are competing in the MLB playoffs are playing their best ball in August heading into the playoffs. They're making noise. They're winning games. They're going on five, six, seven, eight game winning streaks. They're winning every series that they play. They're not splitting. They're not losing series. They're winning series. If they lose one game, that's fine. They're still taking two out of three, or they're taking three out of four. Now the Rockies are put in a position, losing that first game, you have to win the next three against this team. You have to win the next three, because you can't split. You can't split this series with the San Diego Padres. you got to win the next three. And so that puts the pressure on your pitching staff. That puts more pressure on your team as a whole after last night not being able to get a hit until the sixth inning. And now you have to win the next three on the road before you head back home to take on the Giants. And there's no day in between. You end on Sunday against the Padres, you're coming home, and you're playing an afternoon game against the Giants on Monday. And then you get one day off before the Dodgers come into town. And then there's no break between the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks coming into town. And the Diamondbacks come into town for a four-game stint. That is going to be important, but it's only going to be important if we set ourselves up for it to be important. The Rockies have got to come together. they got to get the bats going. they got to be able to score four or five runs a game. We have all the power. We have all the ability And the talent on that offense to score four or five runs a game. But you got to be able to hit the ball. You got to stop swinging at the crap. You got to make your reads and take your chances where you can. Play some small ball if you need to. Get some bunts down there. Do some things more strategically. Bud Black is great at that stuff, but we got to see the consistency in the offense. We can't have these lulls. We can't have these droughts offensively, especially over the next three weeks. Because when we get down to that Diamondback series, when Arizona comes into town on September 10th through September 13th, you better be in contention. You better be tied for first. You better be one, maybe two games out of first behind them or the Dodgers, depending on how the Dodgers play over the next two weeks before they come to town. But, guys, that series is going to mean absolute nothing if we're two, three games out. Because that means you got to take all four from the Diamondbacks coming into town, and they have just torched us when they come to mile high this year. It's driven me crazy how bad the Diamondbacks just beat up on the Rockies when they come into town. So we got to make this thing right. You got to push. It's been 25 years, Rockies. Find a way to win your division. Because if you don't make some noise this year, you don't make the playoffs, you don't advance in the playoffs this year, there's going to be some changes on this roster. It's not going to be the same. Some of our olding vets are going to be gone. They're going to bring in some new guys. We got some guys that are emerging right now. This is Matt Holiday's maybe last shot to play some pro ball and make a run with this team like he did back in 07. Let's bring it together, boys. Come on. We're all rooting for you. We all want it to happen. We all need it to happen. Rocky's got to find a way. And you got to be in contention come September 10th. You have to be in contention come September 10th. Because Diamondbacks are going to come in swinging September 10th. Those guys are built. They know what they have. And they're going to hit their stride. 
Same thing with the Dodgers. Same thing with the Giants. Giants aren't going to play around. They're playing good ball. And it's probably a little too late. But, I mean, they're going to come in and they're going to make sure that, you know, the the Colorado Rockies are not going to, you know, show them up. They're going to try and place higher than the Rockies in the divisional rankings at the end of the year. So we got to be ready to go. Take a stand and make this thing happen. Stop waiting year after year after year. Just get it done. That's all it takes. Get it done. Gosh. I mean, you look at the Central, the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Brewers. All three of them have a better record than everybody in the West. So if things stay status quo, there's no wildcard team coming out of the West. Not at all. It's all coming out of the Central. And then we'll have Atlanta, and we'll have the winner of the West to join them in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's the way it's shaping out. And the Rockies got to do it. They got to they gotta step up and make some noise. Don't let this thing falter. This is one of our best chances since 07 and 09 to really make something happen. So do it. Make it happen. Step up, rise to the occasion, and show that the Rockies are not just this you know, wild card team in the MLB. Show people that the 07 run was not a fluke. Step up and make some plays. Let's get this thing done. Okay, sorry. I got a little carried away there because I just, I love my Rockies. I love that purple, black and white. And I want to make sure that I have something to celebrate this year because I have no idea what the Broncos are going to do. So let's, let's keep this thing going, boys. Please. Rockies country is behind you. Mile High City is behind you. And we got a lot of home games to come watch you guys do it over the next three weeks. So let's do it. All right. That's enough ranting for today about my Broncos and Rockies. I told you this was a Colorado bias sports show. So um, I hope that I touched base on a couple things for everybody. Um, definitely in, uh, enjoyed this one. You know, talking sports is always fun. Um, looking forward to this weekend, though. Um, I'm a Michigan fan. My wife is a Notre Dame fan. And so, you know, tomorrow on Saturday, when those two face off number 11 and number 14, in the nation, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of fun in this household watching that game T- check it out. I mean, we got some good college games this weekend starting off, uh, last night on Thursday, there was some good ones going on during the preseason and, and baseball that was taking place. So, you know, check out your college games this week. There's definitely going to be some good battles and uh, some fun games to watch. And let's let's gear up for next week, man. The NFL is here. Uh, you know, there's a lot to look forward to and be happy about. And uh, definitely enjoy your Labor Day. Uh, I hope everyone uh, who has the day off makes it worth it and enjoys it the best that they possibly can. And everybody who's working on Labor Day, uh, you know, I, I feel for you. Um but, uh, you know, let's definitely definitely enjoy this weekend and everything that we have to enjoy it for next week. Uh, NFL starts, you know, and we're going to see how baseball is doing. We're going to see how everything shapes up. And next thing you know, we'll be talking hockey and basketball as well on this show here in just about a month and a half, two months. So it is, uh, it is gearing up. It's that time of year. I'm uh, hoping the Tiger Woods can... can you know, come back tomorrow and play a little better than he did today in the uh, FedEx Cup race. But, you know, it's it's Tiger, so you never know what you're going to get <laughs> in this time in his career, but I definitely hope so. And we got the Ryder Cup coming up too, so we'll definitely be doing a show before the Ryder Cup takes place. That's going to be so much fun. Uh, one of the best times of year to watch, you know, America go against Europe in golf, and it's it becomes so patriotic, which is a lot of fun. You know, people that don't even watch golf or care about golf, they're rooting for USA just because it's us against Europe, and I'm doing the same. I'm hoping that we we kick Europe's ass and, and handle business, but, uh, you know, it's going to be in France. It's going to be on European soil this year, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how our young players come out and play, but always so much fun. This is really just the best time of year, you know, if you're a sports fan and everything gearing up and coming back into play for us after the long summer, and don't get me wrong, I definitely enjoyed the summer. Uh, didn't get out and play as much golf as I was hoping for, but, you know, I'll try and make up for that this year. Um, and see how things play out. So I, I definitely want to thank you all for listening. Um, 
Again, check us out on Twitter at no need to a the number two, no need to a on Twitter. Uh, hit me up with any questions or anything you have. I'm going to put some polls out uh, next week before the NFL season starts, and we'll kind of get some reaction to everybody and how uh, you know they think or feel about certain things with the NFL season coming up. And uh, I promise I the polls will not be biased to my Denver Broncos. I promise you that it'll kind of be uh, nationwide, uh, you know, across the board for certain teams and divisions and conferences and Super Bowl matchups and things like that. Um, you know, it's going to be uh, going to be a lot of fun. So I want to thank you all for joining again. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I know that I'm still kind of new at this thing and still, you know, working out some of the kinks and, and uh, you know, some of that fun stuff. But I just love getting on here and ranting. And if no one's listening, that's okay, too. At least I have a hobby that I can, you know, come on and share my thoughts and, and do what I need to do to, you know, give myself a little peace and uh, have some things on record, I guess, too, in case any of my predictions come through. So thank you all for joining. Uh, again, this is Kobe Wittick with No Need to Argue. Take care. Have a great Labor Day weekend, and I will talk to you all soon.